Spans for Life podcast. I am Landon Thomas. I am joined by my co-host, Sean Navaz Makani. We have an episode where we are going to cover the Tim Hardaway Jr. and Jason Kidd dynamic on what his role is for this team. And then also, where do the Mavs finish in the Western Conference? That could be all over the place. Sean Navas, first of all, before we even get into the topics here, we have a preseason game tonight. It's supposed to be the dress rehearsal, but it won't be. Luka Doncic won't play, and then also Jaden Hardy is doubtful. Jason Kidd said Josh Green was a full participant in practice. Josh said he's feeling good, but what's your overall expectation and what would you like to see tonight in the preseason game? Yeah, I want to see Josh Green's aggressiveness. I, I, you know, I know he's coming coming off an injury, but I think you know if he's going to vie for that starting spot, um, you know, I I know it's still kind of up in the air. You know, every time we hear Jason Kidd talk, it's it's okay. We've got you know obviously the three starters in Luca, Kyrie, and and Grant Williams, but the other two spots are are you know up for grabs. It seems like still, um, and so you know I think I think we're looking at at it coming down to Josh Green or. or even potentially Derek Jones Jr. And so I want to see Josh Green if he if he wants that starting gig, which I think he you know I uh, wouldn't be, I wouldn't see why he doesn't. Um, I want to see I want to see him go go all out tonight. I want to see him yeah. you know really be aggressive, really you know take control and and you know do the little things that he's so good at and and really put put his stamp on this game and and you know solidify that starting spot. Yeah, it's very interesting how we don't have a starting lineup this close to the season. But, you know, with the injuries and the overseas trip, it's hard to really see who gels with who. Uh, and Jason Kidd pretty much said it. Um, you just you just reiterated it that, you know, there are three starters. And you have to feel good for Grant Williams because, you know, he's always, <laughs> he's always one of those um, solidified starting spots. You know, last year his role was – all over the place, starting off the bench and some, you know, not playing much. But it's going to be really interesting that you said that uh, with Josh Green because this is his time to showcase. Good thing that his back is good, you know, because mm-hmm. this is really his showcase moment to grab that starting lineup. He's really competing with Derek Jones Jr., as you just said. And it's very interesting who will show out tonight and and specifically Josh in particular, you know, his his ball handling and just his will to be aggressive, like you mentioned, that's going to be very interesting because Derek Jones Jr., you know what you're going to get, solid defense and, and um, you know, athleticism, um, pushing the pace where you want to, you know, play at a faster pace. But I think Josh Green's shooting ability will help him get that role um, just to start the season at least, but it's going to be interesting um, to see those two battle it out. Yeah. And, you know, from the Mavericks perspective, it's, you know, a, it's a contract year for Josh Green. So you've really got to make a decision. Yeah. On, you know, are we going to extend him? Thankfully he's a restricted free agent. So you don't have to worry about a, a Jalen Brunson situation here. You can match, you know, whatever offer he, he does get in the off season if it's, you know, from another team, but even looking at it from, from the other angle, it's kind of like, you know, is he, you know, if the Mavericks decide to move on or, or you know, not to match an offer, if they know that, hey, you know what, we're going to go in a different direction just because, you know, whatever the case may be, we haven't seen the development we want or, you know, kids, you know, Jason Kidd's, you know, 
uh, you know, his his whatever incessant need of of playing veterans over over young players, you know, yeah. is 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 this a situation where you look to package him in a deal, right? So the Mavericks really need to get you know get some clarity on kind of what his role is going to be going forward, and and you know from a team perspective, you know, it's gonna it's kind of shape you know what this team does closer to the trade deadline. So I want to play a game real quick, and I'm putting you on the spot. We haven't All talked right. about this. So, <laughs> so this is Shark Tank, uh, you know, with next off season, and obviously we'll talk about it throughout the year. But you know, Josh Green and his agent walks in that door um, before you even get to free agency. What would you pay Josh Green, and what would the contract length in um, in terms of years be? I mean, if if we're if we're going just based on what we've seen so far, yeah, you know, what you've seen going, so far, you know, I could see you know three for fifty, right? Three for forty-five, three for fifty. I mean, something along those lines. I think that's yeah. that's kind of a you know, a, a, it's a middle of the road deal. You're not over. I don't think you're overpaying. You know, he's still young, right? I mean, he's got obviously the athleticism. The defense is there. You know, the question is going to be you know, what does this season look like, right? Can he really take advantage of, of the opportunity that's in front of him? If yeah. that's the case, you know, let's assume that he has a season that, that I thought he would have had last year. Had mm. he, you know, had kid not kind of messed around with, with him in the lineup, out of the lineup, things like that. Um, four for 80. I mean, I, th- I think it's kind of a, a good place. That's probably a starting point. I think if, if the season goes, if all goes well, um, you know, he's not going to get Desmond Bain money. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to get one of these like near max deals, obviously. But, you know, I, I think a middle of the road deal for a, a you know, for a, a, your your fourth starter is is not a bad, you know, not a bad piece going forward. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting um, what, what he ultimately does get. And you said a key factor into that is restricted free agency. So thank I'm God. Not, I know. Just, well, just. Based on that is like you said, you can match. So whatever teams present that offer, you you have the ability to match it. But I'm also very curious on what you know outside of Dallas, what other teams value Josh mm-hmm. Green because you know we're so inside this DFW bubble on what we all think of Josh Green. But I'm very curious on what uh you know what scouts, what GMs, what owners. And just what other players uh, uh, think about Josh Green. So uh, that's definitely one thing to uh, look at. And then the next thing is just everyone stay healthy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... The, you know, you just want to see just one complete game without an injury or without mm-hmm. any hiccups so we can get to the pre, um, to, we can get to that season opener against the Spurs on the road, uh, you know, at full strength at least. Hopefully, with uh, Luka Doncic and Jaden Hardy coming back, but you want a full roster as much as you can. And I also want to see Dante Exum um, as well because that's someone who I really think is going to get a lot of minutes, mm-hmm. and he can be that hybrid as well. Um, we'll talk about hybrid when we talk about THJ, yep. <laughs> but, <laughs> but um, I, I want to see him in person, and that's going to be exciting to see as well. So, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I, I I agree. I, I think Exum's kind of carved out a role. Um, I, I think we've heard that the comeback. He's back yeah. in the league. He's back. I you know I, I, well, I think last shot right. 
this is it, right? I mean, he's got to he's got to make this count. Um, you know, I, I think everything we've heard out of you know from Jason Kidd and from the Mavericks, and and even you know you can kind of tell, um, you know, during preseason games and practice that, that you know he's got he's definitely got a role going forward. Um, you know, now the concern there is is that going to be at the expense of of Jaden Hardy, um, who it seems yeah. is kind of I don't I don't want to say falling out of favor, but I think you know, we haven't really, you know, he's been injured obviously this preseason, so we haven't really seen much from him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm kind of curious what the rotation is going to look like, um, you know, come Wednesday against San Antonio, because I know Mavs fans and you and I both alike are huge, you know, huge Jaden Hardy fans. I mean, we love, we love his game. We love seeing him play, but, you know, is this going to be another situation where, you know, Dante Axum's going to take minutes over him. Seth Curry's going to take minutes over him. And yeah. are you stunting the development of, of, you know, a guy who, you know, for argument's sake, should have been a first-round pick a couple of years ago? Yeah, it's, it's TBD, you know, it's, it's fluid. So we'll see how the season progresses for him. Hopefully he has a, a great season and takes advantage of his opportunities. Mm-hmm. That's, that's really all I can see, say until he gets on the court and, and see what Jason Kidd's rotations are going to be. Cause we, we honestly don't know. And we probably won't know for the first few games of the season because the team hasn't been together. So, right. okay. So the first topic, uh, I posted this uh, yesterday, just a, um, you know, just a video of, Jason uh, Kidd's comments and THJ's comments from media day to practice a few days ago, and it's on our YouTube page. So make sure y'all look at that. And actually, let me just post it right here. And then Sean Avaz, I'll get your thoughts. So let me roll the clip. Then I'll put it in there and then. All right, you ready? Yep, let's do it. Okay, so. Sean of Oz, that's awkward. That, did you just feel that? Just watching that video? Yeah. <laughs> Does that give you Christian Wood vibes? Or is that just... Or, or are oh. we just overhyping it? What's your first thoughts just listening to that? So it, I, I, don't, I don't think it's... It doesn't give me Christian Wood vibes from the, from the sense of... You know, I, I think there was always kind of a mutual dislike between Jason Kidd and Christian Wood. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think we've you know, we've heard a lot about it. We, you know, his comments and, and, you know, Jason Kidd's comments alike. Um, I think this is a little bit more, you know, Tim Hardaway's played in this league a long time, right? He's a veteran. He's been on multiple teams. I think it's, this goes back to the issue that we talked about, you know, in our first episode and we touched on it a lot last year, but it's Mm -hmm. Jason Kidd's communication style and the way he talks to his players and, and, I just don't get it. Like if, if he's, if Tim Hardaway is going to be hybrid, if he's, which he's been the majority of his career, like it's not anything new. It's not like you're telling LeBron that he's going to be coming off the bench and it's like a whole new kind of, you know, Tim Hardaway's come off the The bench. He's started. He's had, he's done this his entire career for, for a number of teams. So I, I think from, from Hardaway's perspective, it's like, just tell me what my, what you want from me, right? Like, do you want me to be a six man? Okay. I will. Am I going to be a guy who's going to start 15, 20 games this year? Okay, great. Then, you know, I, I know that I know what my job is. And I, and I, and I think we also know that the lineups are going to be fluid. Like Mavs fans, you know, we're, we're not, you know, we're not dumb. Like we know like lineups are going to change throughout the season is, you know, this isn't, 
especially when you bring in this many new pieces, like mm-hmm. things are going to be fluid the first, you know, couple of months of the season, right? We always, you know, I, I, I always talk about this that, you know, I wait till December really to make kind of a judgment on, on how the season's going for, for different teams, right? Because it takes yeah. time to get lineups right. It takes time to get, you know, players kind of acclimated to their new teammates and things like that. But Hardaway's been on this team for a long time. He's had this role. I just, I get it from his perspective. Like if, if I'm, you know, if I'm a, a veteran in this league and I've been on this team for this long, like, and I've done this job before as a hybrid player, just tell me that's what you want from me. Like, and, and that way I know. And it's like, there's no communication between Jason Kidd as the head coach and Tim Hardaway Jr. And that is what makes it, you know, super awkward. You know, when you watch this clip, it's like, and you can tell his kind of facial expressions at the end, that last clip from a, a couple of days ago was like, I mean, you, I think he just seems defeated. Like everyone's talking about this, but nobody's giving him a straight answer. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely awkward. And like you said, just talk to him. I mean, it, it, I just, it's, I don't get it's it. boggling to me that you know after all these weeks, you haven't had a one-on-one conversation with him about his role. Like you said, if it's going to be off the bench and shooting or thriving for a six-man role just tell him or if it's going to be a hybrid which he's expecting i mean he says it Mm -hmm. every time the topic comes up like you said uh with him then tell him hey uh, you're going to be a hybrid for us like you were last year and uh, just be ready for all opportunities i mean and then it's just very awkward you know it's it's very it's very shocking that they haven't had a one-on-one about it. I mean, or if you're on Jason Kidd's side of it and you just don't know yet, then you just can say, say it. that too. You know, just well, say no. it. Um, you and, know, and look, I think I like the idea of him coming off the bench, right? I, I don't think he fits with the starting lineup, especially when you're when you kind of need more defense with Luca and Kyrie. Yeah. Um, but this is a young second unit for for all intents and purposes right if you're if you're saying you know hardy's going to get minutes exxon has been out of the league for a while is going to get minutes off the bench you need a veteran presence like tim hardaway jr to kind of come in and and kind of kickstart that that group right so i think that's a really good role and lena we talked about this last episode and and the episode before right like some days their lineups are going to be different like Derek lively is not going to start every matchup right if he's going against Mm -hmm. Jokic, like Who's to say Maxi Klebo doesn't start those games, right? Just as like a, a guy who can defend the perimeter a little bit better than probably Rashawn Holmes can or Derek Lively can. Like some nights Rashawn Holmes is going to start. Some nights I'm sure, unfortunately, Dwight Powell is going to start. Like it's just the way that the basketball goes. Like things are going to be fluid and very rarely do you have a set five-man lineup unless you're a you know top-level championship contending team that, that has had that core together for a long time, you know? So yeah. I, I think – he's going to start some games and, and I totally get it from his side. And, you know, I, I just don't understand this, this, these communication like issues that Jason Kidd seems to have every year. And the season hasn't even started yet. And here we are talking about another like mishap that he's having. Yeah. And, and I agree with THJ, honestly. I mean, when you look at just the numbers and, and what he did after the Kyrie trade. So let's talk about that. So, uh, in the 14 games he played with Luca and Kyrie, I know it's not a big sample size, but that is what it is. He averaged 17 points a game, three rebounds, two assists. He shot 52% from the field, and he shot 54% uh, 
from the three-point um, range. So when you look at how he played after the Kyrie trade, and then you go into a, um, a, a offseason where he's healthy and he has four months mm-hmm. to prepare, three, four months to prepare for this season, and you just had an incredible run, even though the team failed miserably, but you had an incredible run with the two stars of the team, and you get two defensive players, Grant William and Derek Lively, um, and who knows who's going to start a center. It's, it's fluid like we just talked about. But, yeah. you know, you get two defensive players, so you, you're thinking, okay, we got some more defense in the lineup, and I played great. I balled mm-hmm. out. You know, I'm a flamethrower. He was so great. Then, yeah, he was. So then you come into the season expecting to start or be at least a hybrid, and then your coach is talking about six man of the year. So I kind of get what he's saying on his side, but but the team needs defense. I mean, the team yeah. was horrible in defense. I mean, when you look at the numbers, they had a 118.6. Um, well, that was THJ just himself had a 118.6 defensive rating. And the team, I think, had a 116, and that's 25th in the league. And then there were 29th in steals, 30th in rebounds. Uh, the, there were 23rd in opponent second chance um, points. I mean, the the defense was horrid. Just but, awful, yeah. But at the same time, you know, if if you just have that one-on-one conversation with him so he knows headed in to the season, I think he will be more comfortable or at least uh, what we just saw in that, those two videos, he'll be more comfortable in answering questions about his role. Like, oh, yeah, J-Kid and I had a conversation. I'm going to be a hybrid this year. Or J-Kid and I had a conversation. I'm going to um, be off the bench this year. But when I play, I'm going to make sure that I ball out. And I'm going to make sure that my uh, my shot is always there like you saw last season. You know, you got to – I think you would see a more confident, uh, confident THJ in, in his responses so yeah and and it's not like he's never been a six man before like you know yeah. I, I i get the you know if it's an uncomfortable conversation with a guy that's been starting you know it's it's like what's going on in golden state right like the question is First like is going to be your sixth man right like that okay understandably that's an awkward conversation for steve kurt right because chris paul's been a starter his entire career Yep. And I'm sure he's expecting to start, but if you're Golden State, like your optimal lineup is going to be, you know, Chris Paul coming off the bench and keeping, you know, Wiggins and Draymond and Kevon Looney in the in the starting lineup with Like you said the young the young players, you know, Kaminga yeah. and Moody and all those that they need a veteran guy off first the first round pick. Like that's, yeah. That's going to be that's a huge addition for them, right? So, yeah. You know, with a guy like that, like sure, it's an awkward conversation, but with Tim Hardaway, like he's done this before. That's the, that's the thing that's so confusing to me is I just I don't understand why kid just can't say, yes, you're coming off the bench. And and to be honest, like the way that the rotations go when when ideally one of Luca and Kyrie is always on the floor, you need a guy like Tim Hardaway to kind of play off that when you know one of them is off, right? If Luca's yeah. on the bench and Kyrie's running, you know, running point. You surround him with guys like with like Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway Jr. and Grant Williams. Like you've got like great shooting around it, so Kyrie can just drive and kick. Or you've got yeah. ball handling like Hardaway. For all of his faults and and all the, the the stress he gives us, like like you said, his numbers 
tell the truth. Like with Luca, you know, after Kyrie got here, like he was, he was on fire. Like he was great. And we've seen stretches from him where he's been the third best player on this team. Sometimes the second best player on this team. Like he, he has it in him and it's just, you know, as a veteran guy, like it's just, I I don't, I don't understand how how the season hasn't even started yet. And here we are talking about a kid, you know, a Jason kid communication error. And it's just, it's confusing to me, and I'm hoping they get it sorted out, you know, over this next week before we go into – you know, I would hate for it to go into San Antonio and Hardaway's like, well, I don't even know if I'm sixth man or tenth man. Like, you know, who knows? Yeah. Yeah, and, and the last point to this is you, you, you really get a sense of how different corporate America is mm-hmm. to athletes, professional athletes, because, like, corporate America, like, when you're on a team, you have to know what's expected of you yep. so you can perform to your best abilities. And then when you're a professional athlete, you just heard Tim Hardaway Jr. said he has a sense of his role because just from when he did play or just practice, you know, what lineups he's playing against, obviously more times um, or not, he's not with, you know, Luca and Kyrie. So you have a sense, but professional athletes they just always have to be ready they're just ready for anything just if your name's called play great if your name's not called get some shots up after the game or just go home and next day right like be a good teammate like cheer your cheer your teammates on exactly yeah hope on the bench you know like that that matters it and that changes the dynamic of everything really does yeah it really does and also he's let's be honest here he's the biggest trade chip you know uh, that the mavericks have so That's another factor to it. If it's not basketball related, also, you know, tell him, oh, I'm not, I'm not in the position, but you know, if I'm Nico, I would want to tell him as well. So you just have, you have great relationships with agents and players mm-hmm. saying, Hey, we are, you know, um, we are fielding offers and seeing um, what's available for you, but we just want to let you know, this is the role that you have to start the season. And I think he knows that. Like, he's talked about, like, I didn't even know if I was going to be here. You know, like, his yeah. name's been in trade talks for three years, it seems like. And and I think he, you know, for the Mavericks, like, if you're the Mavericks, like, why would you not want to get as much as you can out of him at this point, right? Like, yeah. showcase your biggest trade asset, right? You like, need it. They, him, don't have, have a, they don't have a third or fourth option. I mean, yeah. they, they really like, need someone. Like, if somebody needs a sixth man, somebody goes down the middle of the season and, and Hardaway's contract's expiring, I mean – you know the the contract situation is is probably the biggest asset, right? Because the money comes off the books at the end of the year for for whoever wants to acquire him. So it's you know that's a big piece of it. But if if a team is needing a you know a, a three you know a really really good three point shooter, like why not showcase Tim Hardaway Jr. as a guy off the bench, right? Or or but like let just just let him know. Like I understand we're talking about like you know the future and and what's going to happen with Hardaway, but when it comes down to it, it's like why can't you just let let the guy know, like, hey, this is what you're going to be, you know, this is your role. Like, I understand the concept of you've got all these new pieces in and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to mold your lineups and kind of figure things out. But this is a veteran guy that's been on your team for a while that, you yeah. know, obviously has the respect of, of Luca and Kyrie. And I just, I just don't understand it. It, it makes no sense to me. 
Okay, so more to come on that situation. <laughs> TBD, uh, Sean Vaz and I will probably be talking about it a lot over the yep. coming months and up until trade deadline or even into the off season. But okay, so this is what I'm excited to see what your your uh, prediction is for this team because I've seen from various websites. Uh, all the way from fourth seed to all the way down to 11th um, mm -hmm. seed for this Mavericks team. I'll start with you uh, because I'm still thinking on the fly, to be honest. Every yeah, day, me too. It's, it's, a different <laughs> it's a different response on what this team will do. Um, so, Sean Abaz, I will ask you, where do you see this team finishing in the West as of today? So, yeah, I'm kind of thinking about this on the fly. And, and yep. I know my predictions are way off last year because I think I had the Clippers finishing first and, and like, <laughs> Orleans third. And, like, I don't know. I, I'm so bad at, at predictions. Um, so I, I, I look at the Western Conference and you, you look at the teams that, you know, made the playoffs last year mm. and kind of what, what did they do in the offseason to improve. So I think Denver got worse. I think losing Bruce Brown is huge um, for that team. Obviously, they're still going to be, I think, a top two, three seed. Like, I'm not, you know, this isn't, you know, saying they're going to miss the, the postseason. Um, yeah. LA, you know, the Lakers got better. Um, can the Clippers stay healthy? You know, are they going to pull off a James Harden trade? Um, yeah. You know, can, can Zion stay healthy? Phoenix obviously got better. Uh, well, I don't know if they got better. They're going to be a defensive liability all season. They got more talent. They got more talent, yeah. Memphis is missing job, you know, but that team is loaded, um, you know, with, with role players. Um, you know, the, the the questions I have, you know, I don't think Dallas is going to be a top four or five seed. To be, I, I think if everything goes right, they, they could finish fifth. I think that's yeah. kind of like – that's kind of perfect storm. Like everything goes right. The defense gets back on track, you know. And th this team doesn't have to be the seventh best defensive team in basketball like they were a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. They need to be 15th, 16th, like kind of middle of the pack, you know. Yeah. Th this team lost be a, a great lot. improvement. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really would. But you look at some yeah. of the losses last year, like a lot of those were last possession. A lot of those were we had yeah. the lead going in, you know, two minutes left and, and blew the game. Like, a lot of those losses we had last year should have been wins or could have been wins, right? Like mm -hmm. with the right defensive players on the court, just rebounding an extra two defensive rebounds, like would have stopped, you know, um, you know, would have stopped the team from scoring. So I think, I think perfect, perfect storm. The Mavericks finished fifth right now. My gut tells me they're going to finish probably seventh, eighth. I think that's kind of, I think they're right now kind of on the cusp. And, and this is just being totally honest. And, and it, being if that's like, what you feel, just say it. I, right now, my gut tells me they're going to be seventh. I think that's kind of okay. where I'm leaning. Um, perfect storm. They probably finish fifth, maybe fourth. I mean, depending on injuries and, and, you know, things like that, that happen. But look, this offense was a plus four, what plus 4.2 last year with Luca and Kyrie, which was the, which would have been the best plus minus in the league in terms of net rating. Like, I don't think the offense is going to be the problem. It's it's going to be how, you know, how do the new guys fit in, right? What impact do they make defensively? Um, the growth of Derek Lively Jr. 
Uh, and really, you know, the, you know, kind of the progress of Josh Green, like, is he going to be a core piece of, of this unit, you know, the starting unit going forward? Or are you banking on Derek Jones Jr. who really offensively is not going to give you much, um, yeah. you know, but, but, you know, we've seen, we've seen him play great defense. So long story short, um, I, I say anywhere between five and seven, I think that's kind of where I've got the Mavs finishing um, right now. I'll say seventh, but I think perfect storm, probably fifth. Okay. So seventh, with some with some options, but with some seventh options, is yeah. your <laughs> seventh. Let's go with seventh. How about that? Let's just okay. let's stick with seven. That's fine. Okay. So seventh is yours, and like you said, I'm on the fly. Like one mm. day, you know, from what I've seen and what they're telling us, I think they're going to have a great year. Then the next day, it's absolute chaos with injuries and and some players not playing up to par. Um, you know, just for instance, I thought Rashawn Holmes was going to make a more of an impact um, mm -hmm. right when he got here. And I thought Josh Green was going to solidify uh, his starting spot where Jason Kidd was only going to think about centers. But now yep. he's thinking about a wing and a center. So, um, but from what I've seen, I think there's four teams at the top of the West. And I think after that, it's open for anyone. Sure. I think. Denver, I think the Suns, I think the Lakers, and I think the Warriors um, yeah. are also the the top four teams in the West. And I think anything past that, it could be up for grabs. Clippers could be fifth. It could be a spark from the Grizzlies. Like you said, uh, the Mavericks could have best case scenario. Everything's going for them mm -hmm. offensively. And Sacramento, you know, like, do, are they going to be as good as they were last year? Sacramento, the Timberwolves, they yeah, could have a research, you know, they could have a really great year from Anthony Edwards. He could be, he yep. can take that next step in Anthony Towns. Yeah, the Pelicans, I really don't like that. That chemistry, really? they have so many talented play individual players, but I think they need a point guard. Like, it, it it's yeah, the McCollum is. It was great for a little bit, but I don't think he's a long-term point guard. I think they need someone to set up the offense and drive to the lane and, you know, uh, just orchestrate that team. And it, from what I've seen, I know a preseason, but I'll, like you said, we really can't – we really don't know with these teams until December. But from what I've seen, I am going to say hopefully everyone's healthy. Mm -hmm. But from a full year – perspective with Kyrie and Luca and like you said there were so many close games when they did play that they honestly could have made a run if they if they had that chemistry of who's taking the last shot how do we play together you know how do we bond you know we kind of just threw they threw us together and we have to make magic but I think if you have a full season of those two players and then just everyone steps up defensively and makes jump shots, you can see a great season from this team. And you can see at least, like you said, middle of the pack defense. That's all you need mm -hmm. is to be 15th right. with that offense. So with all things said, I am going to just be realistic. Mm -hmm. And at this moment, it's on the fly. I am going to say the Mavericks will be a seventh seed. I'm going go. to agree with you. But 
it could be really great. It could be a really great season for this team and they can move up to fifth, like you said, but it could also things could injuries. I mean, how many games are these top two stars going to play? And if they're out, it's going to be hard because right now they don't have a third option. They don't have a fourth option. And you, you kind of have THJ as the default and he doesn't even know what his role is. And, you know, if, if they miss games, it's going to be, they could be a ninth or 10th seed. And that, that would be very bad for this team. So I'm going to say seventh right now. And like I said, last podcast, I think I really truly think this is a two year process to get this mm-hmm. team to really succeed. They got Kyrie back. They got some defenders. I think trade deadline or off season, they're really going to catapult this team into that top four in the West or top five in the West as, um, you know, as a lock for, you know, contention, at least in the Western conference. So yep. seventh C for me, seventh C from you. And it's still fluid. <laughs> it really is. And next week we can say fifth next week. We can say, Oh, okay. let's see. Let's see how the season yeah. starts. <laughs> we'll, yeah. But I mean, it looks good for them. So they could start uh, off really good. Yeah, and and you know you make a good point of uh, this being a process. I mean, the Mavericks didn't really tear it down per se, like like we've seen other teams, like Oklahoma City did, right? I mean, they didn't. The Mavericks didn't rebuild kind of like that, but you know when you when you basically have a season like the Mavericks did last year, you know you make the big swing for Kyrie. You know mm-hmm. you lose a guy that you know was you know somewhat the heart and soul of your team and Dorian Finney Smith. I mean, it takes time to to rebuild it. Now you get younger, yeah. right? You get a guy yeah. like Grant Williams. Um, you get Lively and Omax. You know, you bring back Seth. You've still got Hardy Green. Like you've got now the good, you know, a good foundation, which it's yeah. hard to say that this team had for the last few years, right? And look, after last year, you know, anything can happen. I mean, I'm a firm believer now of anything can happen in the playoffs, like the run that Miami had, like, just get there, just get to the postseason. Like that's all, that's really all that, all that matters. And yeah. to your point, you know, the Mavericks now have assets for trades, right? After this year, they're going to, you know, finally have all their first round picks available. Now they're still stuck, you know, with that, you know, giving the Knicks their pick, which will probably convey this year. Um, you know, fingers crossed. If it if it doesn't, that that means the season was really bad. The Mavericks finished with another top ten pick, but yeah. um, you know, then you've got all this ammunition to go out and and you know, who's the next disgruntled superstar, right? Like if mm-hmm. if it comes to that, or you know, is there another role player that you can get, right? Is it going to be a guy like OG Ananobi? Is it going to be a Carl Anthony Towns? Is it going to you know who who knows, right? I mean, we never. There's always every off season. Yeah. Somebody wants out, right? And and the Mavericks are positioning themselves to, to be able to have the ability to to make a big swing again. Um, but you're right; like it's going to be a process, and and anything can happen. You know, we've seen it multiple. Like who's who's to say Phoenix stays healthy the entire year, right? Like, yeah. you know, you've got you know aging aging guys like Durant and and players with injury history like Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. Like, there's no guarantee they're going to stay healthy. Like, what Denver's you know is Denver going to regress? Like, can LA you know, when is LeBron going to break down? Like, is it yeah. you know, like we saw Tom? We it's it's kind of like Tom Brady, right? Like we didn't see it until it actually happened, right? Like, and how many games will Davis play? You know, yeah, is Anthony Davis so going to stub his toe and be out six months? Like, who knows, right? Like, there's so many variables into the season. I mean, it, it's it's going to be interesting because 
I mean, it, it can click for this team if they just be average on defense and everyone makes their shots. I mean, yeah. so we don't yeah. know what's going to happen. I, and honestly, I think seventh seed is really great progress for this team because if you think about the West, this is not the East. The West is mm-hmm. loaded. The West is and completely stacked. Completely stacked. I mean, so we talked about top four, and, and it might be different for you, but just, you know, Denver, you have the uh, the Suns, the, the Lakers, and the Warriors, but then you have Clippers, and you also have the Kings, who played great last season. You mm-hmm. have the Timberwolves. You have the Grizzlies, who honestly, I think Grizzlies and Mavericks are on par with each other if, if both rosters are fully healthy, mm-hmm. just how deep Grizzlies are and, and top-heavy the Mavs are. But um, they honestly could be, you know, a couple games apiece from each other, and one gets the six seed, one gets the seven seed. So it's not it last year. Like, last year was what like the difference between third seed and tenth seed was like three games or something like that. Yeah, like, so it's not a year. bad thing. Yeah, yeah, and sure. you know, it's. I mean, I yeah, I, I you're right. I mean, it's it's such a crapshoot. Like the West is completely stacked, you know, this year, and it's it's just you're, you know. I, I think the Mavericks also in some ways have a chip on their shoulder because I think no one is no one is giving this team any credit for their for what they did in the offseason. Like, you know, I always yeah. bash on national media because of their Dallas hate, but it's got it's getting to the point now where it's literally just Kyrie hate. Like it's literally like, oh, the Mavericks have Kyrie Irving, like they're gonna make the you know, they're not gonna make the playoffs because yeah. of him. like yeah. oh, the Mavericks have Kyrie Irving, like when is he gonna ask they're already starting with when is he gonna ask to be traded to the Lakers? Like the season yeah. hasn't started yet, and now you're, you know, you're bringing this this back up. Like, you, you've, you know, you've got more exposure to him than than a lot of people. Um, and and just watching his interviews and like the clips that we've posted, you know, on Twitter and stuff, like he genuinely seems happy for the first time in in a long time, like and humble and like at peace with where he is. And I think that's yeah. going to play a big part of it. You know, I think I think you're going to see um, a more energized Luca. You know, I think a Luca with his chip on his shoulder as well. After what happened last year, um, you know, nobody's giving this team any credit. So if this team catches fire, you know, who's to say that they don't finish with a top four seed? Like anything is possible. Anything is possible. <laughs> anything is possible. <laughs> possible. But I, I, I think seven is realistic right now. Where the Mavericks are right now, with, yeah, with the roster they have, the way that the Western Conference is stacked, and seventh isn't bad. Like. It, it, you know, it, people think like, oh man, like seventh seed in the West. Like, no, but the West is so loaded that like, it's exactly like you said, it's not seven in the East. Like this isn't like a 39 win team getting seventh seed in the East, right? Like the, the, yeah. there's no way, like every team in that playoff range in, in the West is going to be over 500, like, and it could be way over 500, right? Like Exactly, yeah. So it, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I think seven is realistic for now, and and who knows, right? If this team catches fire, then then watch out. Yeah, and seven seed could be the tenth overall seed in in the whole right. NBA. Um. So, okay, so that's that's our predictions for today. You know, October twentieth. Uh, let's let's first let's see how they do tonight. And, yeah. See. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see how they play and just excited to see them in person, but just how many minutes will Kyrie get, um, you know, just how many, how, how aggressive will Josh green play? Like you, you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast and just how they play defensively. Cause the Pistons, they have a lot of young cats and mm-hmm. they, and they are athletic as hell. 
Um, so just defensively, how did the Mavericks combat the Pistons' youth and also athleticism? And hopefully most of the players play because I want to see Cade. I, I want to see yeah. Jaden Ivey. I want to see the Thompson kid. You know, I want to see Durin. Durin, there's a lot of Dang. Yeah, they got a they got a good core. Who's the who's okay? We'll end with this. Outside of the Mavericks, what is one team you're excited to watch over the course of the season? Okay, see that team. Okay. That team excites me. That team is so like the way they've rebuilt that that team and the pieces they have. I want to see Chet. Like I hope he's. I hope Chet can stay healthy. Yeah. Uh, I love Shea. I think Shea is awesome. Um, you know, Josh Giddy at the time when he was picked, I was like, who the hell is this guy? And now he's like one of the best, you know, on-ball defenders. Yeah, Yeah. he's fantastic, you know. Um, I think they're going to be a fun team to watch. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Orlando Magic. Nice. I really like the Orlando Magic. And, you know, I root for Mosley. Of course, yeah. I just like the youth on the team. They're kind of like the Pistons. Like, okay, when are y'all going to start winning? (laughs) <laughs> Y'all have all these first round picks. I mean, Anthony Black and their uh, other first round pick, Jet Howard, mm-hmm. they're top 11 picks, and they might not even play that much. I mean, that's yeah. how loaded that team is. Either trade them all for a, you know, a star or, you know, finally start winning or get a couple of veterans just to, I mean, they have Joe Inglis, but, you know, get, get a couple of veterans to make this team really push for, um, a lower end playoff team, not just play in, you know, just yeah. go for a seventh or eighth seed in the, um, in the East. But I'm excited to see that team. You're excited to see OKC, but obviously the Mavericks is the main front for this team. So we'll see how they do tonight. And hopefully next week we have some good news because they do play the Spurs in their season opener. And then they come home and the return of Dorian Finney Smith. Yep. So we'll only have one game to talk about, um, but, you know, we'll definitely analyze over the course of the week what is going on with this team. So, Sean of Oz, as always, I appreciate you, brother, and we will talk soon.